0: Welcome to Managing Marketing. I'm here in uh, New York City with uh, Sean Cummins, Global CEO of Cummins & Partners. Welcome, Sean.
1: Thanks, Darren. Thanks for having me. In fact, I'm having you. You're in my house.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Here we are in uh, Tribeca. But uh, look, uh, the first thing I wanted to say is congratulations on being uh, uh, elected, added to the Ad News Hall of Fame. That's
1: great news. Uh, it was, it's it's fantastic, and um, I was told that it's not something they do necessarily every year. It's when they feel someone w- was. Or is worthy, and and so that makes it feel a little bit better. I mean, you know, um, as you said before, kind of a, a lifetime achievement award suggests that maybe you haven't got much more to uh, to to <laughs> con- contribute. So it's nice to, you know, be able to say, well, I'm famous and could get more famous. But um, the the kind of the stark contrast uh, for me um, being over here now is that uh, I'm in the Hall of Fame over there, and I'm the corridors of anonymity over here it's really a, it's really a different sort of scenario
0: well I was wondering if uh, did they give you a trophy or something they did I, I felt
1: I, I uh, it was a nice little a trophy and it was, it was, you know I felt like I put it on a chain and walk around sort of certain parts of Manhattan um, with mahomies and uh <laughs> and kind of like um, you know swagger but uh no it's somewhere somewhere downstairs just uh looking very proud but uh yeah i i haven't been able to wave it around i, I
0: was thinking you know uh trying to get into a hot nightclub in manhattan you could walk up and go don't you know who i am yeah i like a hall of fame." yeah
1: it's it, it would be good yeah but um you know it's uh I haven't really tried that yet, but I might. So it's, uh, it, it, it's a certainly it's a, it's a, it's a shaped in such a way that if ever I get in any trouble, I, it's quick quickly inserted. So I think I could use it to great effect. A, a
0: weapon of mass destruction. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly.
0: Well, look, you yeah, we've made a couple of references to the fact that you're uh, you're in um, New York, and uh, you know, congratulations on you know making the leap and uh, and giving it a red hot go here, but. Uh, what are the differences in what you expected the U.S. market to be like and what it's actually been like?
1: Yeah, it's, um, The U.S. market um, is very different from the New York market. A um, couple of quick um, observations for anyone who's thought about doing the same thing is New York is not really resplendent with clients. The, in fact the the um, the client market here is in you know certain categories mostly finance um, some fashion um, some retail and some pharma, but the real big brand advertisers are nowhere to be seen. They're they're in midwestern states. They're in you know um, Chicago. Chicago. They're in, ver- in various Detroit. other parts of Detroit, Minnesota. In various other parts of. Um, of the United States but not in New York and that was kind of like that was kind of a bit breathtaking and also a little bit scary because um, uh, if, if you look at it on the outside you think that New York is the hub of of advertising and it's a bit illusory it's um, actually not and in fact um, as as that realization um, struck me I started to think about well, what's the what work is coming out of here and not a lot of great work is coming out of New York either. You know, you see the the bits and pieces from a couple of couple of agencies, and it's okay. But the 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 bulk of the good work is still coming from the Widens, the um, seventy two and Sunny, the Crispins, mm. and they're all regional. Um, bespoke agencies that grew up in Oregon or Portland or wherever, wherever they came from and actually not in New York City or not in, the, not in a metropolis. And when I first started in New York, people were asking me, well, what's your point of difference? And I was, try- I was really trying to think of one because I thought, is it media and creative together? Oh, no, everything's integrated. Oh, is it this and that? And I realised that actually the point of difference is our Australianness. Mm. Uh, just in the way that the point of difference of and Kennedy was that provincial attitude and charm and point of view and worldview, just the same way that it, uh, Crispin was in Boulder, Colorado. They your your difference is often your origin and your provenance. And, and that's just kind of, and having conversations with some really smart people about what we could be and what we could offer as a brand in the, in the US space is um, kind of like what we've been terming the Australian rules of advertising. We do have a very interesting, interesting and dynamic way of approaching marketing and advertising in Australia, and it's our secret weapon. And, and that is what we're going to be looking at sort of um, presenting to the world in the next six months you know, in the New York context.
0: Because there is a, you know, Australian advertising at its best has a sort of larrikinism and a a rebelliousness to it, you know, a real challenger, Uh, especially, you know, I I like that distinction you make about New York is not the US. Um, And absolutely, you know, everyone that I know working in New York in advertising, so they spend most of their time on airplanes to go and visit their clients all over the country. But it just seems to me that Madison Avenue, if that's the distinction of New York advertising, has become very conservative and very staid.
1: Oh yeah, very much so and that's where I still think it's an opportunity for the rise of the next great hot New York um, uh, agency and I think um, Droga, God bless them, they've done really well at, at putting out work that's pretty good. It's not. You know, I don't, I don't get... I, in my, my measure of um, uh, sort of of worth is always, am I jealous of something? I think that's always the most true thing, you, you know, if you intellectualise something's good or bad, that's one thing. But I, when I just see something, I get jealous. I just, you know, I know that the, they or someone else has done something good. And I'm not particularly jealous of anything that's going on at the moment anywhere. And, and I think there is a need for, new, if there is such a thing as New York advertising, um, no one is doing it particularly well. And therein lies the opportunity for someone, whether it be our agency, if we get a break or not. Um, the other thing that's really interesting about, um, about being in New York is the issue of scale. If you do not have scale, you're probably going to fail. You need to, um, skill is one thing. Scale is everything. If you've got skill and scale, you're going to win because clients do come in and count the photocopiers. They count the headcount. They they do. All they think about is, will this agency be around in a year's time? Um, how do I go back and tell tell my higher ups that um, that I've chosen a two-person startup? Not going to happen.
0: Mm. That's interesting because in the last couple of days I've also in New York, I've managed to catch up with a couple of pitch consultants here, um, competitors. Yes. But uh, it was interesting because we we're talking about how you get to know agencies. I said it must be increasingly difficult because of the uh, breadth and depth of, uh, of offering in the US. Mm. And they said, oh look, anyone under 50 uh, people we're not even interested in. And I was surprised because you know we actually find the most exciting uh, agencies are the ones that are two or three people today. In fact, I remember um, in Australia going to see. Uh, three drunk monkeys. Yeah. When it was literally the three of them yeah. sitting in a uh, uh, an office that looked like a crack den. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the very earliest. And and I saw Droga5 Australia. You know. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, when it was five of them sitting in borrowed offices. Yeah. You know. But that's the exciting thing about the industry is that you know th- things happen and things grow. Ideas grow and businesses can grow for nothing. But here, the even the pitch consultants are going well. If they're less than fifty people, we're not really that interested.
1: Absolutely, and and also, their their methodology for choosing agencies is not particularly scientific. In fact, it it, it pretty much is. Oh, such and such rang me last week. I'm going to put them on the where's their where? oh yes, I remember them. They are so flooded. When I first met a, a pitch consultant, one of your competitors, I walked into a a, a place which I swore was a. Um, A veterinary clinic because there was animals running around and there was it was a strange (laughs) reception desk and I went am I in the right place yes I'm in the right place I won't name who they were I got shuffled into a a room a a kind of a boardroom I think but there was a exercise bike in it as well and I thought what's going on here and then I wheeled around and I looked in the corner of the room and um, floor to almost ceiling was a stack of um, you know pitch documents um, credentials documents Mm -hmm. and I was left there, and so of course, what am I going to do? I go over to the started started reading reading all of them, (laughs) and so the point of difference is weird. It was like everything in it, and my heart sank because I just went, "I think we've created documents like that." In fact, I know we've created documents, and everyone sounded like everyone else, and it was just so incredibly sad that there was just that same rhythm, that same look, that same presentation mm. and they were just, you know, someone had gone to a lot of trouble, maybe no trouble, maybe it was just cut and paste, but there was a whole stack of them and it just it just reminded me how tough it is to break through here and anyone that's done it. Um, does it, you know, they, they say the rule of thumb is do, do an outrageous piece of work, do a, do a um, not for profit piece um, and get money. Um, and I've not done either of those things. I've, I've chosen to find little clients and do some work and we, we started off quite well. We did um, uh, the Bend On launch with uh, Heidi Klum um, and we did a, a piece which we thought was remarkable, won a Cleo last year, which was great, but it was um, basically a film clip starring Heidi Klum in her lingerie. No mention of lingerie at all, but that was mm-hmm. the you know, product placement. You know, I looked at it. Looked at the um, views yesterday, and it's had fifty million, five zero million views in eleven months. And, and that 11. would that would put it in the ranks of the top most watched viral ad in the U.S. But it's so we've had a lot of fun. But um, you know, getting those opportunities, and then then our guys from Australia crashed the Super Bowl with the, the Dorito spot. Mm. You'd think we'd probably get a bit of attention. But no, there is there is a, you know the, the the great expression going around in political circles, whether it's from Donald Trump to Bernie Sanders, is you know the economy's rigged or the or the you know the voting system's rigged. Um, the the industry is kind of rigged. It's mm-hmm. certainly geared towards big, safe agencies who've got all the schmatter, who've got all that you need, and it's that classic. No one, no one got fired for hiring IBM, well, no one got fired for hiring a WPP agency mm. or an Omnicom agency, and that's, that's the situation we're in.
0: But, uh, you know, because what I see, especially, you know, I spent three days in uh, Boca in Florida um, talking about advertising financial management. Everyone is so focused on the business of advertising yeah. that it seems that they've forgotten the purpose of advertising.
1: Oh, look, it's, it's... The
0: fun's gone out of it.
1: Oh, look, it, I can't believe that every time I... You know, the, my first 12 months um, here was what I call my sort of personal diligence. I wanted to meet everyone I could, see what the rhythm was like, see what their code language was like, see see what they spoke about and from creative director to managing director to uh, whatever candidate i was looking for the first thing they spoke about was yeah i had a 5 million revenue business and they they didn't once speak about the great campaigns or anything it was kind of a, the work was ancillary to talking about the size and scale of the operation they were in because the size and scale that they worked in is commensurate to to their status or or value no, in yeah, the market yeah. oh no he's only worked in a 5 million um, you know, uh, revenue agency. We we want a guy who's you know worked in you know 50 and above. Right. Like like somehow there's there's a rule of thumb that once you've handled um, 50 million dollars worth of revenue, you're somehow a better, more capable person. But not once was there any discussion, even from the creative people, about um, about creativity and the output. It seemed totally like an afterthought.
0: Well, I really liked your article um, and, and your opinion on the fact that you know the fun, people have lost the fun, and in fact, great creativity comes from you know playful, uh, fun exploration of problems and, and creating ideas, doesn't it? Yeah, I?
1: yeah, it does, and I think I think I think it does, and I think that you know, American society in general, um, you know, the people here are brilliant talkers; they're brilliant communicators. And, and what happens is a lot of creativity gets monstered by um, a lot of people along the way because everyone, you know, talks a good game and, and, and kind of throws each other curveballs. Everyone has to be incredibly conscious of, conscious of every little nuance of everything that's said. No one wants to take a risk of offending anybody. Um, and you take the the Super Bowl commercial for example, the um, you know the ultrasound spot with the baby and everything like that. Um, it's a bit of animation. It was fun, and it's and it had a it was all in people's imagination. And the big problem is that offended people. So Doritos wanted to back away from a million miles an hour, even it would, even though it got the metrics of the being the most watched, most talked about, whatever. And what won uh, a commercial with animals in it. And what's happening, Darren, is we are entering an era that and I kid you not, people are so sensitive about f- offending anybody, we will be watching animals mm. and and illustrations. And maybe even illustrations are not going to, you know, animation, because we can't afford to um, uh, project or um, present People anymore because someone's going to be offended. I'm a middle-aged white man. I'm offended for being for looking dumb. Oh, there's not enough you know diversity in that commercial. We've got to a kind of a really really strange point where the safest thing to do is just just talk about animals and let's just anthropomorphise them and and life will go on. And, yeah. You know. Look, I, I
0: absolutely agree with you because one of the things that uh, and uh, and I lay the blame for this at Kevin Roberts' feet. Okay? <laughs> when he wrote Love Marks, and I know it's like 20 years or 15 years old, yeah, right? Yeah. It was this whole idea that people should love your brand. and But I think everyone's uh, interpreted that, that we should be not offensive so that you can love us. In actual fact, um, I think uh, love actually means making a choice. And you can only make a choice if something stands for something. Yeah. And you can either choose it or you choose to hate it. Yeah. Because the level of passion is directly proportional to, in some ways, how polarising it is.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that's so true. That, that's so true. And, you know, I, I grew up in a time where um, challenger brands, their job, and having worked a lot with Richard Branson and Virgin in the early days of um, Virgin in Australia, um, we, we'd have meetings about how to sit down and, and tear strips off Qantas. Anything that they do wrong, they were fair game. You went out there to uh, humiliate, you went out there to, to be cheeky. You, you never wanted to do cheap shots, but you certainly wanted to do clever, witty shots. And these days, oh, you, just can't, you just can't offend anybody and you can't be competitive. And uh, American advertising has always had a, a, a very fine tradition of comparative advertising, which I don't mind actually, but it's come to a point where it's so sort of sanitized that you don't know, hang on we, so at the end of all this comparison, who do I choose again? because no one makes absolute claims or not they just kind of the kind of um, it just kind of fades away so you never get a conclusive point of view about anything. You just see two brands on the screen and you kind of can't remember what 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 the story was. But we are in a in an era where we've lost our teeth. We've lost our ability to to actually bite into something and and um uh, stand
0: for but stand for something. Oh stand I mean, for something yeah. Yeah, because yeah, uh, if you want a prime example, look at the uh, American politics at the moment. Yeah. You've got Donald Trump yeah. who is absolutely stands for what a group of disenfranchised people in the community clearly feel yeah. about, about yeah, their lives. And while he's got a large group of people can't stand him, mm. the people that are for him are so passionately for him mm. And that's, the, that's what passion does, mm-hmm. by standing for something people are passionately supporting you mm. or passionately against you. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this and, and I think we've talked about it in the past. Mm. You know, when when you do what you and I do, which is stand up and, and say what you yeah. believe, then there are going to be those people that can say to you, oh, you're absolutely 100% right. And there'll be an equal number that say you're absolutely 100% wrong mm. and I don't mind. Mm. Because I'm willing to have people hate me if it means there's another group of people here that are passionate about what I do.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny that, you know, I, I agree with that. I've, I have been sort of cast as a sometimes a polarising figure or a pantomime baddie, and i um,
0: but that's hang on a pantomime baddie is only one side of the coin, yeah, so yeah. right? Yeah. You're focusing on the people that hate you. Yeah, well, I, I
1: I do because I'm incredibly sensitive, Darren. I can't help it. I mean, my uh, if you said to me, what's your kind of um, mo in life? I I I want to be a pleaser, and the first people I want to please are clients. So I kind of wipe out and forget about um, you know the. The industry, if we if we indeed have an industry or a thing called an advertising industry, um, I'm not aware of it. I know there are people who work in the same business as me, but there's never been an industry that's supported me. There's just you know there's just a a, again it's bit of bit illusory, but it's but but my my point maybe poorly made is, I've only been interested in the client, um, and uh, and maybe that that attention to to working for the client has made me very hardcore and focused and I perhaps um, you know put out there a, a sort of a, a, a disinterest for anything else and uh, and that's something that you know I probably could have been more diplomatic about or, or... But, uh, but you can't no one
0: can get a hundred percent of clients tell me an agency an agency in any market that's got more than say five percent of yeah. the marketplace. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. Exactly. So, at best you're going to yeah. get five percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That means ninety five percent have chosen someone else. Yeah. So, so, why would you position yourself to want a hundred percent of those ninety five percent want to work with you, mm-hmm. when if you could just get forty percent mm-hmm. of the ninety percent passionately want to work with you, mm-hmm. because the other. of that 90% can't stand you. In Mm. fact, openly say, he's an idiot, they're hopeless, we hate them. But the other 40... I mean, Justin Bieber. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Justin Bieber has his... What are they called? Believers. Believers. I was gonna say Bieberites, but <laughs> my, my yeah. daughter is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But then I know as many people that go, Oh, he's hopeless, we don't like his music, look at all that stuff he's doing, mm-hmm. yeah. And and we'll put him down. I'm sure he doesn't worry about them mm. because he's got all these people around him that say, Isn't he terrific? Mm. Donald Trump. He's got this group of people that think he's have taken him mm. to the leadership of the Republican Party. In America. Incredible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Taking him to the leadership. Mm. Now, they're all saying that he won't win because there's 60% of the population that don't support him at all. Mm. But then I read a thing yesterday that said they reckon less than 50% of the eligible voters will actually turn out. Mm. So whether it's Hillary or whether it's the Donald, mm. less than half the population are going to elect them anyway.
1: Yeah. I look at, you know, democracy democracy is like it's like t- two wolves and a lamb deciding what they're going to have for dinner you know at the end of the day it's going to be it's going to be the most motivated that will that will you know tilt that one way or another and you'd think you'd think it'd be Hillary but I was um if you can look it up in, in the Googletron somewhere uh, I was interviewed um, by shoot magazine around about June or July last year and, and it was called the Halfly yearly report, and um, and they asked the usual questions like what brands do you think have stood out and what do you think is going on in the future, and, there, and it was nothing to do with politics or anything, but just for a laugh, um, and but but a laugh, but in but with the absolute grain of truth. Um, my answer to every question was Donald Trump. You know, what what's the most exciting brand's going on? Who's doing the best thing? And I went Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. And and my sort of closing thing was, um, this guy could be the President of the United States. And everyone kinda of rolled their eyes and said, He's an idiot, he's a thing. But but what's at stake here is not Donald Trump. It's it's about brand politics. The the brand of politics. Brand politics is broken. Um, This whole narrative about an outsider coming in and doing doing um, something different—that's Donald Trump. He's he's just trying to be an alternative to politics, and that's what's making. This so interesting, and is
0: it challenge a challenger brand it's in, a challenger in, in brand. the category of politics? In a, in a
1: category, in a monopoly. Yeah.
0: So, so Oscar Wilde said, "The only thing worse than people not uh, talking about you is not talking about <laughs> yeah, that's you." True. Yeah, I yeah. mean, have marketers and businesses lost sight of the fact that we're in the business of having people talk about us positively or negatively? Yes. Because if they're talking about us, yes, then we're top of mind. Yes. Therefore we're in consideration.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think there's such a powerful um, a narrative with people who have an opinion and are willing to lose sometimes because really uh, wh- who, are you, who are you really losing with? If you know your, if you know your customer, if you know your audience, if you know your product, then it's really the commentariat that, that, are, that are you know there. Mm. and as we know, the commentariat and journalists and the whole this whole sort of media um, performance is all about being adversarial. They don't sit down and go, so Sean, you're awesome. That that's not adversarial. The first thing you say, Sean, you're a polarizing character. Um, why do you think this is? That's that's what gets things going. So you're always gonna have people who whose job it is to, to find the opposing view in order to bubble something up. And I just think that, you know, it it'd be good if um, people were braver. And I think Donald Trump will be permission for a lot of people to speak their mind and I think that's a good thing because if this country is about freedom of speech, um, there's a lot of people who are not wanting to hear people say things and I think that's kind of sad.
0: Mm. So this, um, this idea of you know getting your message out there and, and standing for something, mm. Isn't that what advertising is about? And, and aren't all these people, especially the uh, the tech startups and that that tell us that advertising is dead, actually missing the point of what advertising does?
1: Yeah, advertising is in a bit of a parlous state at the moment. I, I call it fadvertising because every fad that's coming out, you know, and we can roll them out from a couple of... Any gadget and gizmo and, and, and technique, whether it be you know, virtual reality or 3D printing or God knows whatever, whatever comes down the tech pipeline, that is often being substituted for an idea. And I do think advertising has been in the dark ages for a little bit, where um, where dreamers and, and persuaders and um, great thinkers and romantics have been quelled by, no, let's prove it with science and here's this and, you know, um, uh, technology will give us a return, and we'll, we'll know exactly how many people saw that, and that will make us good. And I think that there will be a rise again of the the um, theatrical, the the poets, the the people who can put out messages that that um, you know capture a, a nation's spirit or a brand's sense of itself. So I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the swing back because we've had probably probably at the low ebb of things at the moment where. We're just doing faddish stuff that looks like advertising. I don't think people are working in advertising at the moment. I think we're working in this sort of strange sort of um, kind of content. We're just we're just kind of filling out stuff. We're just doing press releases. We're just doing you know um, you know uh, stuff that we hope runs somewhere mm. because we've got no faith in the media anymore, particularly the online media, and. Um, I think there's going to be a renaissance. Like, like any period after any Dark Ages, there's always going to be a renaissance. And, and I wouldn't be around for that. I mean, I walk around every day and I see people who do not know shit about advertising, don't know how to persuade someone to buy something, don't know how to uh, break down a brand or a product and find that little gem, that little nugget that makes people you know, want to buy that over something else, or find that, that unique aura um, so it's a you know so anyone that's older than 45 that thought, thinks they don't have a place in advertising, hang on, <laughs> hang on.
0: Oh, so you, <laughs> you are required. You're also addressing the whole ageist <laughs> issue. But look, yeah. I, I think um, what people have missed is that in all of these technologies, especially social media, the big thing is about engagement and the fact that you can have a two-way conversation. Yeah. But there was an interesting. Um, uh, study done, and it was a couple of years ago now, when YouTube first started issuing the sort of numbers and, over time that their videos would get, mm-hmm. and they looked at the top 10, and there was a big peak as soon as any of those videos went on television, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They would build organically, and then when it went on television, mm-hmm. the peak would go up, and that's yeah. when it would escalate from there. Mm-hmm. And And what we forget is that there is a huge requirement for awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm. right? Mm. That, that advertising doesn't even need to be about engagement. Mm. You know, There are now many other things that are much better at getting engagement and conversation, and, but just for sheer awareness, because no one knows who you are yeah. until they're aware of you.
1: Yeah.
0: And great advertising is still the most powerful way of making people aware of your brand. Mm. And if they're talking about it and uh, your, your brand message is thought provoking, Mm. or challenging, mm. then there is still a huge power mm. in going from zero to hero mm-hmm. through advertising. Because I still defy anyone doing that through social media.
1: Oh, look, you,
0: you, you can you, do it over time, but you can't do it as quick as you can with a, a piece of yeah, great advertising.
1: You, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's two things in that. You know, It's the uh, YOLO, uh, which is you only launch once. Um, the, the dynamic of a launch is... is To me, and maybe you you and I worked in cars a lot over the years, you know how important it is to launch something steadfast and and true and thoughtful to to get people to consider the brand. So the launch dynamic, people have forgotten about. And the other thing you said, awareness, incredibly important. You only have to take a subway. Um, I take a subway everywhere. I'm a man of the people. And um, every subway carriage has advertising inside it. And every brand in in that advertising is, a, is an app-based or tech-based or an online-based um, company. Yep. Whether it's um, you know, uh, you know, diagnosed doctor service or whether it's a, you know, a home delivery of food or whether it's a tickets online or something like that, they're all doing the classic awareness stuff because they've just got to get brand recognition because at the end of the day, certain things never change. Quick, think of a brand. Quick, think of a brand in that category, and that that doesn't come through, you know, any other means than awareness, than mm. top of mind awareness. Mm. And how do you get that awareness?
0: PR, advertising, repetition, and yeah. Because well, you know, look, um, you mentioned cars, Tesla. Mm. You know, I mean, it's all about public relations, yeah. keeping it constantly in the mind, but also incredibly challenging. Yeah. You know, if you had a said five years ago that an electric only, because everyone else went to hybrids, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, just completely challenged and used the challenger mm. to create the story, you know, like advertising can disrupt the news cycle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Mm. PR, good PR can disrupt the news cycle, mm. but these are you know not everyone's a Tesla. I can't believe. Remember when every client said, "I want to be like Nike" or "I want to be like Apple." Yes. Now they all want to be like Tesla. Yes, exactly. And I go, "Great, can you find me a biscuit <laughs> yeah. that is as innovative as an electric car?"
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, look, I, it's funny because <laughs> when you said that, I think about in the early days of Virgin. Um, I used to have people when when the Virgin Blue campaign first came out and had that kind of joy and that aussiness and that spirit and that challenge and a challenger quality every week I get a phone call saying hi we think we're the virgin of dog food I'm kind of going the virgin of dog food that's great you know, but, you know <laughs> it, isn't that isn't that lovely that and you know I think you know any brand do, does pretty well to to look at other brands as a metaphor or an analogy but really they don't in of themselves maybe can't intrinsically be a virgin or a Tesla of another category but it's nice to think that that can have that sort of impact if you do it well and, and, and that a brand work, brand's work can actually affect the advertising. And I'd hope that that continues because at the moment advertising is being affected by the wrong things, faddishness, tech, they're implementers and they're enablers, enablers and they're executional people. things. But if we do not reclaim advertising, which is persuasion, which is social movements, which is doing putting out good messages that can resonate with people for years then we're just gonna we're just gonna be momentary we're gonna you know our work's gonna come and go and you're gonna look back and go oh my god I can't believe I did a you know a hologram you know ad what was I thinking because it's over mm. you know I'd, li- I'd I'd like to do campaigns that endure I like campaigns that that I've worked on and my agency's worked on that last a long time that's that's how you know you're still in advertising.
0: That's brilliant. Sean, we've run out of time. We haven't.
1: No, I get another cup of tea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this has been fantastic. Thanks, it's great Karen. to catch up. Yeah,
1: likewise. And likewise. Uh, all
0: the best. Thanks. Uh, really admire the fact that uh, you're giving it a red hot Aussie go. I am. I'm, oy, enjoy- <laughs> oy,
1: oy. <laughs> I'm enjoying it until my visa runs out and I'll uh, review afterwards.